the Big Ten Review Show podcast. I'm Josh with my co-host, Mara. What's up, Mara? What's up, but we're, this, this season is just flying by, man. I just realized we're going into week nine. Week nine, and we're in the, the home stretch here, really figuring out a lot about these teams, aren't we? We are. So I, I, I jotted down a few quick notes. So we're eight weeks into the season. Look at the Big Ten so far. Two teams ranked in the top four. Four teams ranked in the top 25 with the fifth team, Maryland, receiving votes. Two top five Heisman candidates, C.J. Stroud and Blake Corum. The number one ranked defense in the country, Illinois. Depending on what website you look at, the the number two ranked defense in the country in Ohio State. The number five and seven ranked defenses in the country, Michigan and Rutgers. The Big Ten has been a lot of fun so far. We still have a few big weeks left down the stretch. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, and I don't think that Illinois defense is a fraud by any means. They are for real. They are a great football team. We've been talking about that defense for weeks now. We have, and uh, I would completely concur. They have been fantastic, phenomenal to watch. As good as that offense has been, that defense has been the one carrying carrying them to all those wins. It, they're exciting to watch. I love watching that team every week. Me too. And, hey, you know what? Before we jump into this week, which I think we saw a lot that occurred this, this past week in, in – uh, college football a lot we want to talk about we want to apologize to our listeners here it's gonna be an abbreviated week here life happens when you're a podcaster right and so uh we apologize for that but we do want to talk about last week's games and this this week's upcoming games but let's start with that uh ohio state iowa game what did you see there mar do you remember when this iowa team finished second in the big Ten last season that uh it feels like a long time ago doesn't it um Look, uh, Iowa's defense did everything they could to keep them in this game, and it just seemed like Spencer Petras did everything he could to give the game away. Uh, the offensive play calling was, was very poor as well. I mean, I'm watching the game. Petras throws an interception on the very first play of the game. I have no idea what he was doing. He literally threw it right to the defender. I wanted to text you right away, and I, I kind of held back a little bit. But he gets benched. Padilla comes in. He throws an interception on his very first pass. Um, like we mentioned, Josh, we're eight weeks in. Iowa's defense has scored more touchdowns than all of their quarterbacks combined. That is ridiculous. Uh, Kurt Ferentz seems unfazed stat? by it. Sorry, what was that? Was that a real stat? That the is defense, real stat. The, that is, that's bad. The defense has <laughs> three total touchdowns on defense. Uh, I believe two total passing touchdowns from all of their quarterbacks combined. Um, I don't know, watching their offense, it just seems like they're okay with a mediocre rushing attack and just forcing the ball to Sam Laporta. And no matter what the outcome is, it just seems like intent. They're content with doing it over and over and over. Uh, enough with Iowa, though. I mean, o- Ohio State continues to impress. Aside from the two turnovers, I thought they played great. A little slow to get things started in the first half, but don't forget this Iowa defense is still legit. C.J. Stroud with another really nice day. Four touchdowns. He leads the FBS with 28 passing touchdowns on the season. Didn't do anything that I saw to take himself out of that Heisman contention. Uh, after the game, I saw a quote from uh, Jack Campbell, Iowa's stud linebacker. He, he said, Stroud is arguably the best quarterback in the country. Um, one bit of concern that we did mention uh, about this Ohio State team from last week, other injuries. Uh, Smith and Jigbo was back. First time we've seen him since week one versus Notre Dame. I believe he got hurt again in this one, though, or he tweaked something, or they're just being cautious yeah, with he him. Yeah, he kind of just ran to the sideline and stayed there, didn't he? Yeah, it was weird. One reception, seven yards. He's only got two catches on the year. Um you know what, if he's not healthy, I really hope he gets better because I do love to see this guy in the field. But I, I don't know. It sounds so strange to say because he is the best receiver in the country. I don't know if they're even going to need him with how well the rest of these receivers are playing. Ohio State, they got a nice test uh, test up next with number 13, Penn State. And Iowa, Iowa should be able to rebound next week. They got Northwestern. Uh, hey, maybe we'll see an offensive touchdown out of them. I, I don't know. We'll see. Don't get your hopes up. You know, I got to say, watching this game, 
I came away with a few impressions. One, I was impressed by Iowa's defense. And that's tough to say when you give up 54 points. But anyone that truly watched that game know that Ohio State struggled to move the ball. They really were, I think they had one touchdown in their first 10 possessions, if I'm not mistaken. And that was a testament not just to, to, you know, Ohio State wasn't struggling offensively that much. It was just Iowa's defense was that good. Um, But Iowa, I mean, they legitimately could have done better if they just punted on first down. They were, (laughs) I mean, they had six turnovers during this game. And then we're not even talking about the fake punt that the punter decided he he thought he could run and then never even got close. It was just, it's a mess. This Iowa team, you know what? Kirk Ferentz, uh, we talked about the hot seat in the past, and I, I just can't help but feel like we're spiraling out of control at this point. Something has to change. Um, but Spencer Petrus is not the answer. It doesn't look like Alex Padilla is either. But if there's one key takeaway I have, it's Ohio State's defense is for real. Their offense is going to sputter at moments, right? That's going to happen when, when you have any sort of high-powered uh, attack. But if their defense can keep them in a the game, look out. This team looks like the best in the country. Absolutely. Uh, next game we had was Indiana versus Rutgers. What'd you see here? Uh, like I said last week on the podcast, I don't really trust either of these teams. I honestly never know which version of either team we're going to get on Saturday afternoons. We didn't really see the good or bad version of either team on Saturday. I don't really know how to break down either of these teams. I mean, Indiana jumped out to a big lead in the first quarter. They couldn't do much after that. The Rutgers defense has been stout all year and they really stepped up after that first quarter, but Rutgers offense wasn't too impressive themselves. I mean, no turnovers this week, which is what kind of killed them last week against Nebraska. Um, What I was thinking about going into this game, if Rutgers wants to make a bowl game this year, this was kind of a must win for them. Um, I I just, I I don't know how many wins they, where they're getting wins at. I mean, they got Michigan, Penn State, Minnesota, and Maryland left on their schedule. Uh, It's going to be a tough stretch for this Rutgers team. Yeah, I can't say I'm overly impressed with either of these teams this year. Um, and, and what's crazy, and I think this is this probably says more about Rutgers than it does – I'm sorry, more about Indiana than it does Rutgers. But this is, the, this is the first Big Ten win in over 1,800 days for Rutgers. The last Big Ten win they had was on November 7, 2017 against wow. Maryland. Mario, I don't even know where I was at in 2017. I mean, absolutely insane – um, you know, Connor Basilek had a pick in the third, which really I thought kind of put this game, uh, I wouldn't say out of reach, but kind of really was a, a testament to the entire game. I just, I don't know what to make of either of these teams. I'd like to see more from them, but, but tough overall. And I think what's happening, and, and this is just my opinion, this Indiana tempo is, it's cool, and it catches teams off guard, so they get to score early. Like in this game, they go up 14 nothing. But once the teams figure out that they're going this high tempo and they figure out what they need to do to slow it down and the offense starts to get a little um, exhausted, it, it becomes easier to stop, right? You can only run so many screen passes before everyone's like, you know what, you're not throwing downfield. I think it's something they've got to figure out, but overall, I, I'm with you. I don't really know how to label either of these teams. Yeah, I feel like they're asking Basilic to throw 50 times a game. This one, I think he had 43 or 44, 44 passes in this one. Five straight losses for Indiana. Um, they got a bye week. You know, maybe that'll give, some, give them some time to regroup and refocus and uh, kind of get things together. No doubt in my mind on that one. Next game we had was Purdue versus Wisconsin. And if I'm not mistaken, we both picked 
Purdue in this one. And gosh, they your team, the one that you picked to start this year, the Wisconsin Badgers, comes out and wins 35 to 24 in what I thought was pretty surprising fashion. Yeah, I mean, the Graham Mertz show continues. Uh, nine touchdowns over the last three games. He's having a sneaky good season now. 17 touchdowns, only six picks. Already nearly as many yards as he threw all of last season. I don't know, man. Making the change at, at head coach kind of unlocks something in Mertz in this offense. Um, it'll be tough, but, I mean, if they really show up these last few weeks and went out, they have a chance to win that West Division. Um, it's not inconceivable they went out either. They have Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota left. Uh, they'll need some things out of their control to happen, like Illinois stumbling once or twice, but this West Division is going to get real interesting down the stretch. Uh, and I want to say I'm impressed with how the Badgers' defense showed up on Saturday as well, playing without Nick Herbig, uh, their defensive leader, leading their team in sacks, and still showing up the way they did, three interceptions, multiple sacks, and quarterback pressures. Wisconsin looked good on both sides of the ball on Saturday. Aiden O'Connell, he looked rough, but, I mean, that offense isn't the problem. Their defense is not good. They were ranked 91st in the country coming into this game. They gave up a ton of yards and a ton of points to Wisconsin. Yeah, that was rough. Three picks from Aiden O'Connell. You know, I, that's his thing. I think he has a lot of highs and a lot of a lot of lows. With Well, not many lows, but he has his lows. And, and when they happen, they're rough. Charlie Jones with another... 100-yard performance stud that we've talked about. Maccabee, another 100 yards really coming coming out here. Um, tough loss for Purdue in a game that we thought was really important for them to stay alive in the West Hunt. But look out, Wisconsin, yeah, they have three losses, but they're still technically in the hunt. And like you said, all it takes is Illinois to lose one game maybe here. The thing is, they do hold the tiebreaker over Wisconsin, so that's going to be pretty tricky for Illinois to, to falter here. But great win for the Badgers, 35-24. to Mar, why don't we take a short break real quick, and we can come back and finish up the week. Sounds good. Let's do it. And we are back to finish up the games from the previous week here. We had two more we wanted to discuss. we got to go over our Golden Chicken Award. Uh, the first game I want to hit on here, Mar, is that Northwestern in Maryland game. Maryland comes out, wins 31-24, to and look out, Maryland's now 6-2. and They're for real. Yeah, no tongue of Ilo in this one. We discussed that last week on the podcast. That was the right call by Maryland. They have a bye week next, some more time for him to rest and get healthy. Uh, Northwestern actually showed us something in this one. They didn't just roll over to Maryland. They competed, which I, unfortunately is something they haven't been doing a whole lot of this year. Hey, look. I mean, they finally got Evan Hall the ball, and they almost won. I mean, imagine that. Uh, great game for Hemby. Uh, carried Maryland uh, offense on his back. Busted out that 75-yard touch and run with three minutes left in the game to get his team to win. Northwestern falls to 1-6. I'm not sure there's any wins left on their schedule. Uh, unfortunately, they have Iowa, Ohio State, Minnesota, Purdue, and Illinois left. It's It's been a rough season for the Wildcats. They are not winning another football game this year. I can tell you from looking at that schedule, maybe Iowa because, you know, who knows what's going to happen. We'll talk about that later on in the podcast with the spread. But um, you, it's funny. You've been talking about Evan Hall all year. Like, get Evan Hall the ball. And all of a sudden, they get Evan Hall the ball. And guess what? They're, they're putting points up. Not to mention Brendan Sullivan coming in here uh, with, with the start and a pretty solid performance overall, right? 18 for 24, 143 yards, a touchdown. He did have two picks but a pretty good performance from him. Yeah, stepping in for Holinsky. I mean, he, he played well first start of the season for him. I mean, I don't have any complaints. Yeah, they looked like an improved team, but good for Maryland. That's a tough one. I know it was looking a little rough there for a few, 
without Tagovailoa. But they find a way to win under Billy Edwards. Hemby with 179 yards. Huge win for the Maryland Terrapins, who are now 6-2. and two. And, man, they are they're looking like they're for real. They got Wisconsin. That should be a great game. And the one thing I'm excited about with that team is to play Ohio State the week before they play. Ohio State plays Michigan. And Michigan has Illinois the week before. So maybe the games that they thought were going to be a little easier uh, for Michigan and Michigan State to tune up, not so easy now. They've got some challenges ahead. Oh, they definitely do. And like we said earlier in the podcast, there's a lot of fun uh, left to be had in this Big Ten schedule. No doubt. Last game we had was... Uh, a game I was pretty excited about, and I, I was kind of expecting more of a tight battle, but the Minnesota Golden Gophers going to play a Penn State Nittany Lions, and uh, Nittany Lions put a beating on them, 45-17. to 17. Yeah, there isn't too much positive here to say about Minnesota, but I'll open with one thing. Mohamed Ibrahim, over 100 yards again, something like the 15th time in a row. He's good for at least 100 every time he steps on the field. He was the one bright spot for that offense. No, no Tanner Morgan, though, and that offense struggled. Uh, this was the whiteout game for Penn State. Such a cool atmosphere. The visuals are awesome. Sean Clifford had a huge game. This was a complete 180 from what we saw from them last week against Michigan. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, Penn State's got a big game next week. They got Ohio State. Uh, really looking forward to that one. I agree. Sean Clifford with a big rebound. I mean, this was the Golden Gophers without Tanner Morgan, which, you know, I, I guess we can understand the challenges there. And Ibrahim did have 3.4 yards per carry. But Nittany Lions, uh, look, previous James, James Franklin teams would have fallen behind, and that would have been the end of their season after getting demolished by Michigan. But they responded in a big way. This game next week against Ohio State has potential to be really important because, God, was it 2000? I don't know if it was 2016, 2018. Uh, Michigan put a beating on Penn State uh, at one point. And if I'm not mistaken, Penn State – if they, they might have won the West at that point. I can't remember, or the West, the East at that point. Um, so it's entirely possible that Penn State can turn this around and make an impact in the East. They're still very competitive. This is still a very good football team. I actually, the Michigan game, the more I look back, the more I think, man, Michigan just out-schemed them. And, and at the end of the day, I think Michigan hadn't played much of a schedule until then, and they just... They threw the book at Penn State, and and Penn State is now um, reeling a little bit from it, but a huge win against Minnesota. Cannot wait to see them this upcoming week. Yeah, Penn State is still alive in that East division. There is a scenario where they would they still do win the East. If they beat Ohio State and Ohio State beats Michigan, you got a three-way tie uh, for that East division, and it comes down to tiebreaker. So just like we mentioned with the West, the West is still wide open. The East is still very exciting as well. Yeah, can't. I can't disagree with you on that one whatsoever, but those are our games from last week here, Mar. Why don't we go over our Golden Chicken Award? Absolutely. So my game ball, my Golden Chicken uh, for Week 8, I, I thought about giving it to C.J. Stroud because he had just an awesome game, but uh, I decided I'm giving my uh, game ball to Roman Hemby, Maryland Terrapins running back. Uh, his quarterback was out. He put his team on his back. He carried them to a win over Northwestern, 179 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, a 75-yard touchdown run as the fourth quarter is winding down to help secure his win for the win for his team. He's getting my golden chicken for week eight. Yeah, he. Um, that's a great pick. Without the quarterback play, without Tagovailoa being there, and he takes over the reins and he he runs the ball, wins the game for. I mean, just what a game! What a what a performance from Hemby. Fantastic player. He's really turned out to be good. I'm gonna go a little different, and I'm gonna go with Penn State quarterback Chad Powers for my gold. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Sean Clifford. <laughs> 
for the boy Eli. Fantastic performance. 23 of 31, 295 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. You know, when you have a, a loss like you had against Michigan, you need senior leadership to come in and and control the the team and and just get everybody on the same page, get aligned. And that's what Sean Clifford did. He was cool, calm, collected. And he helped his team win a really big performance against Minnesota. And now they're heading into Ohio State. Um, I'm sorry, they're heading home uh, to play Ohio State. Uh, and I, I think they have the confidence now, right? They didn't have that confidence previously. Um, and that's really, uh, really great on, on Sean Clifford for leading the charge there and James Franklin for getting his team back on it. That's a great pick. Cool, man. Why don't we take a short break? We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, the upcoming week. Absolutely. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to it. We are back, Mar. We've got week nine to talk about. Still cannot believe when you said that week nine, I had to do a double take. We are at week nine. We got some really big games this week. They're going to tell us a lot about the East. Some that are going to tell us about the West. Uh, as well, but you know, we start off the week with probably one of the more intriguing matchups uh, with number two Ohio State going to Penn State, number thirteen Penn State for our big noon kickoff. I really wish this was our whiteout that uh, we were hoping for. But then you get Michigan uh, again as the uh, big noon kickoff game. That's a good uh, point. <laughs> yeah, so Ohio State opened as a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a big game. It's a test for Ohio State uh, on the road, kind of a measuring stick game for them. Uh, they have the number two-ranked defense in the country. Let's see how they hold up against Sean Clifford in that passing attack, and let's see how they hold up against Nicholas Singleton, Catron Allen, and that rushing attack. Buckeyes didn't play their best by any means last week against Iowa, and they still won by a million. Uh, I'm, I am interested to see how those defensive backs for Penn State match up against this ridiculous wide receiver core of Ohio State because Penn State has the talent to match up. Joey Porter Jr. and those boys are the real deal. Penn State has a plus seven uh, on the year in turnover margin. They're going to have to force some turnovers if they want to win this game. I would agree. You know what I I am intrigued to see? You're 100% spot on. They are loaded uh, at receiver for Ohio State. Everybody knows that. But so is the Penn State secondary. They're really good. Joey Porter is one of the best out there. I want to see if Ohio State can be comfortable with running the football, right? When I think about at the end of the year, when it gets cold, when they play in a snow game like they did with Michigan, can they just be comfortable taking this, what's in front of them and running the ball? And I think this might be one of those games that they have to do that if they want to be successful. I'm with you. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Now, it's a 15-and-a-half-point spread. That's a little odd to me, too. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I just think Ohio State's just been killing everybody so far this year. I think ultimately what's going to hurt Penn State, though, is their lack of a pass rush. Uh, I think no matter how good your secondary is, and there is NFL talent on both sides of the ball, uh, if Stroud is all day to throw, those receivers are getting open. Yeah, that's true. You could, you could say that for that team all the time, though, right? Uh, unless you have an Aiden Hutchinson that's getting after him or – uh, who, David Ojabo that, that, that Michigan had. Um, it's, it's challenging, right? Stroud's going to just, he's going to pick you apart. There's a reason he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. So 15, 15 and a half point spread. I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. We're going to get to our picks later in the podcast. I, I think it's safe to say we're both pretty confident in Ohio State in this one. But I want to ask you, on a scale of, uh, let's say, 1 to 20, uh, what percentage chance do you give Penn State to keep this one competitive? And remember, they are at home. I don't even know how to respond to that one. 
I think it's a pretty straightforward question. On a scale of 1 to 20, one what to, percentage one to chance do you what, give Penn State to keep it competitive? <laughs> 1 to 20? You can't go 1 to 10? I think like 80%, 75%. 1 to 10. <laughs> 1 to 20. I'm going to say 1 to 10. There's an 80% chance they keep it competitive for three quarters. How about that? Well, you didn't answer the question, but I'll take it. That's fine. I'll, I'll do give you a pass on this one. <laughs> Throwing me off. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty good football game overall. I think Ohio, well, we'll see. We'll talk later about what, what our thoughts are around that. We have um, Rutgers at Minnesota. Both these teams, uh, I mean, Minnesota reeling a little bit, but a 14-point spread for in, in favor of Minnesota. What are you thinking on this one? Yeah, both teams coming at 4-3. and three. This is interesting. I mean, we were both pretty high on Minnesota after four, after the 4-0 start, but, I mean, that offense has really slowed down these last few weeks. They've been relying heavily on Ibrahim, and he's showing up, uh, but the rest of that offense is starting to look a little stale. Uh, it obviously hurt him last week that Tanner Morgan was out. I believe he'll be back this week. They need him, and they need Kurt Chiraca to draw up some plays, get this offense moving the ball down the field like they were that first month of the season. With that being said, I think they're going to have a difficult time against this Rutgers defense. A defense that's ranked in the top 10 in the country, a defense that hasn't been the problem at all this year for them. The issues have more so been on the offensive side. I will say, Josh, I think the key to this game will be the number 140. 140 is paramount in this game. You're going to have to, you can't just leave that with that's important and that's it. What is 140? I will uh, I'll explain it. So uh, Rutgers is 4-0 when they rush for 140 yards, and they're 0-3 when they don't. And Minnesota is 4-0 when they allow under 140 rushing yards and 0-3 when they don't. I feel like, did you just cherry pick that stat somewhere? That's like whenever a team runs for 400 yards on the ground, they win 100% of the time. <laughs> I, in this case, it's true, though. It's 100% right. So uh, the key is Rutgers rushing for over 140 and Minnesota holding them to under 140. So we'll see what keep, happens. keep an That's eye out for that. Game. That's the key to the game. Well, that'll be an interesting matchup uh, between Rutgers and Minnesota, a game that has a lot on the line for the West uh, in Lincoln here is number 17, Illinois going to Lincoln. They're getting it was seven and a half point spread in favor of Illinois. What are you thinking here? This I'm a little shocked that they expect this game to be as close as it, as it looks like. I agree with you. Um, Illinois has been spectacular all season. Number one ranked defense in the country. Tommy DeVito's playing terrific at quarterback for this team. Chase Brown is playing out of his mind. Uh, he's been my favorite player to watch all season long. Just a hair in front of Blake Corum. Uh, I'm not sure too many people outside of Champaign, Illinois saw this coming. I mean, I obviously did. They're my team to win the West Division. But uh, anyways, um, I, I I feel like at this point in the season, we know what we're getting from both of these teams for the most part. Uh, Illinois is going to run the ball. The passing game will be there as well. Uh, they don't take too many chances. The risks they take are very calculated. Defense is an absolute brick wall. Bielema, has, Bielema and his coordinators are doing a, a, a great job. And with Nebraska... You know they had the talent. We've seen it. Anthony Grant, Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer. But the issue has been putting it all together for an entire game, as well as all the issues we've seen on that defense. Uh, they've had issues all season long, making tackles and creating turnovers. You cannot turn the ball over against this Illinois team, and I think Nebraska will. I think you're right. And here's the thing with Illinois, and this is the only reason I think it could be a little tighter, is I don't know we've seen them against a true passing attack. And Nebraska does have a good passing attack. Trey Palmer, in my opinion, is one of the best receivers in college football this year. He has turned out to be a great player. Um, Casey Thompson has been, you know, really great for, for Nebraska majority of the time. Illinois has not been tested there, but 
the Nebraska team I've seen, they got pounded against Northwestern on the ground. Chase Brown is going to have a field day. Uh, and, and I think we're going to learn a lot from that. But this is an interesting spread, kind of an exciting game to learn more about this West. Um, and uh, speaking of the West, we have one more game from the West from this week that I, I know you personally are excited for. This game opened up with an over-under of 29 points, which was a record low. Northwestern going to Iowa. Uh, Iowa City It is an 11-point spread in favor of the Hawkeyes. What are you thinking here? Josh, I know you're going to be locked into this one. Um, I'm not sure how Vegas decided who was the favorite in this one. Um, as much as we've joked about this Iowa offense, their defense is no joke. Uh, their defense has been stellar. Uh, we saw it in the uh, at times in the first half last week against Ohio State. Honestly, the only reason they gave up as many points as they did was because of those six turnovers by the offense and all of the short fields that Ohio State had. I'm curious to see who starts at quarterback for Iowa. We saw Petrus get pulled last week in favor of Padilla. Honestly, neither guy really looked good at all. Um, I mentioned this on the podcast uh, earlier today, but, I mean, we're eight weeks into the season, week nine now, and Iowa's defense has more touchdowns than all of their quarterbacks combined. That's just not good. Um, Northwestern showed some improvements last week versus Maryland. They kept it close. It took a 75-yard touchdown run from, from Hemby in the fourth quarter as the game was winding down to beat them. Hopefully we see that same intensity and focus from the Wildcats this week, and I think this could be an interesting game. Define interesting. Well, I'm interested to see if, uh, if, if, if Iowa's quarterbacks can throw a touchdown. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious because earlier in the year on this podcast, we did an over-under on uh, Petrus, and uh, we had both taken the under on five touchdown passes for him. So <laughs> I'm curious to see if uh, the Wildcats uh, give up that third touchdown of the year to, uh, to Petrus. You know, I am a huge fan of really good defense. And I when I was watching – Iowa and Ohio State. I was enjoying what Iowa was, was doing defensively. Yeah, they gave up 50-something points in the end, but they were doing a great job in just slowing down the Buckeyes. The one thing I can tell you from this game is this is it's not going to just be good defense. This is going to be bad football. And sometimes, you know, like you just you don't enjoy watching something, but you can't turn away. That's going to be this game, in my opinion. This is going to be like Two two people like it's gonna be a snail fight like two snails a mile away they're getting ready to hit each other and you're just watching like all right they're getting closer and closer eventually they're gonna fight it's gonna be really lackluster uh, this game is not gonna be great but I'm I'm gonna watch every second of that's it that's the best analogy you've had on this podcast <laughs> ever I like it a lot well I'm excited to break this game down next week yeah I we'll we'll go minute by minute and I can't wait to hear your. Uh, Iowa quarterback breakdown. I will give you this. You have brought it up every single week. Um, even though you've backed up Spencer Petras numerous times, uh, I'm you've compared him to J.J. McCarthy. I'm looking for you to compare him to, like, C.J. Stroud, but you're probably waiting until he throws, like, two touchdowns in a game or something like that. I mean, he might after this week. Northwestern has been dreadful, so They we'll have see. been dreadful. Um, should be an interesting game. And then the game uh, that is going to be one of the more interesting of the week a lot of confusion on my end here, but first of all, Michigan, Michigan State at night, 7.30 at the big house. Whoever the scheduler was was not aware of how uh, these college kids, well, I won't even say college kids, how the adults, how these people get ready for this game. This is a true rivalry match, rivalry game. These teams do not love each other, 
it is going by 7:30. There has been all of the alcohol in the entire city drank. This is going to be really interesting. Yeah, uh, you and I talked about this off the air. Uh, Michigan is what a 23 point favorite. Neither of us really understand that line. Look, I'm I'm really excited for Saturday night. This is a great in-state rivalry. These two teams do not like each other at all. There's a trophy on the line, the Paul Bunyan Trophy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, when these two teams meet. The records really don't matter. I mean, some years it's just kind of a flip of a coin with who wins. The Spartans team has kind of had Michigan's number, though, the last few years. I mean, Michigan's trying to get their first win over Mel Tucker and the Spartans for the first time in three years. It's quite a matchup, too. I mean, what Michigan does well is run the ball, and what Michigan State does well is stop the run. I think at some point during this game, Michigan's going to have to rely pretty heavily on J.J. McCarthy. And, I mean, Josh, what J.J. McCarthy are we going to see? I mean, I know you disagree with this, but I don't think he's looked very impressive since the start of Big Ten play. Are we going to see... JJ throw more touchdowns on pick sixes. I mean, because that's been a legitimate problem for them this season. I just don't share your same vision that JJ McCarthy is the reincarnation of Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> we'll see though. I mean, I can't, okay, I can't, I can't take credit for this. I saw this on Twitter. Um, someone wrote Mel Tucker's got a strange mind grip on Jim Harbaugh and the person wasn't wrong. I mean, uh, Michigan state was the only big 10 team to beat uh, the Wolverines last season. I mean, and go back to 2020, Spartans were horrible in 2020. They finished two and five. They lost to Rutgers. They couldn't score against Indiana, but they beat Michigan. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. And you look back, and I think, you know, Michigan fans probably want to say, yeah, you know, states had our number. We haven't been successful because they've had our. Here's reality Michigan State's been a better program for the last decade. Simple as that. Michigan's had their week, their their years. You know they've gotten better since Jim Harbaugh's here. 2016 was a pretty good year. 2018, if I'm not mistaken, last year was a good year. But for the better part of probably 15 years, Michigan State has been a better football program. D'Antonio has done a fantastic job, um, and and Mel Tucker has come in. He had a great year last year um, as he pays his royalties to Kenneth Walker for his deal. Um, the the more like Kenneth, Kenneth Runner. Kenneth, but... Seriously though. Uh, but this year, it looks to me that we have two teams that are significantly different from each other. This Michigan team wants it. This Michigan team is a good football team. This Michigan State team just doesn't have the same level of talent. Um, and I think when I look at the spread, the average person, and look, I'm one of these people too, the, the average person is looking going 23 points and State's been dominating. Give me the points all day in favor of State. But I think that's what Vegas wants you to do, right? Vegas is saying, all right, everyone's going to put money on State, but really what's going to happen is Michigan is going to put their foot on the gas, and they're just going to hold it there for the entire game. And I think that's probably the the realistic possibility in this. i got to tell you, though, I'm fired up for this game. This is going to be be ugly for a few different reasons, and that's because I think – I think Michigan's out for blood, and I think Mel Tucker, look, this this man is high integrity. He's going to do everything he can to win this game. Yeah, I agree with you uh, to the point that I'm really looking forward to this game as well. I'll leave it at this. I've compared Michigan, this Michigan team, to a peacock, right? They're bright, they're colorful, they're impressive to look at, but in actuality, there's a lot of fluff there. Uh, I think I might surprise you with my pick on this I game. I bet you you don't, and I've never heard you compare them to a peacock. Uh, very interesting. Very well, interesting. Hey, why don't we take a short break? We'll come back. We'll, we'll do our picks. How's that sound? Sounds good. Let's do it.
got some picks we want to go through. I know this was an abbreviated version this week. We will be back. We should be back next week fully in action uh, with our, our two podcasts. But, you know, I want to get started here, Mar. So why don't you cue up the music? Josh, music is cute. Let's do it. All right. Our first game of the week, big noon kickoff, number two Ohio State going to Beaver Stadium to play number 13 Penn State. Yeah, I'm going with Ohio State in this one. As much as I like this Penn State team, I think the redemption tour for Ohio State continues. Ohio State is a wrecking ball right now. Can anybody beat them? I, I don't know. I'm going with Ohio State. Rutgers at Minnesota. I mean, as good as Rutgers' defense is, I don't think they'll have enough offense to keep up with Minnesota. Uh, hopefully Tanner Morgan's back. I'm taking the Gophers in this one. Yeah. I'm with the, Here's the thing. I have a hard time picking for Minnesota right now. But I can't pick in favor of Rutgers. They have just let me down so much in my life. I'm going with Minnesota. It's against all your core values to take Rutgers it, in any of these all picks. All my core values at this point. I picked them one time this year, and they blew it for me. I picked them one time last year. They blew it for me. I'm not doing that anymore. I've learned my lesson. Number 17, Illinois at Nebraska in Lincoln. Illinois all day. Uh, they're playing for a division title now. I don't think they'll slip up in this one. Illinois for sure. I think they come out big. It's interesting. Some of the the analytics are saying this game's going to be tight, like a one-point game. I don't see it. I think Illinois, I think Chase Brown runs for for 1,000 yards this game. I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating, but he is going to have a field day with this team. Illinois big. Northwestern at Iowa. I think Iowa will win this one in spite of their offense. I think the defense is going to carry them to a win over this Wildcats team. Oh, wow. You know what? That's where we're going to differ. I don't think either team is winning this game. I think this is... <laughs> this Not is, an option. you got to pick one. Neither team is winning the football game. We're going to both... Everyone that's going to walk away from that game is going to go, oh, man, I can't believe I just spent time watching that. But you know what? I'm going to be one of those people watching it. I like ugly football. This is what we're going to watch. I am going to pick Iowa to lose less than, than Northwestern, so I'll give them the, the win. Can we do one additional pick? I'm, I'm breaking the rules. Uh, one additional pick. Yes or no, does Spencer Peaches throw a touchdown? Mm. I'm going to say yes. Is he even starting? See, that's the thing I don't know. How about we alter that and say, does an Iowa, star, uh, an Iowa quarterback throw a touchdown this week? I'm going to say yes. Oh, I'm going to say yes, too. I was hoping we'd differ. No, I think this is the week because I don't know that they have many chances outside of that this year. This has got to be the week that they do it. They'll probably light it up and have one touchdown, maybe 100 yards passing. It's going to be just a career day for one of these quarterbacks. Oh, Iowa hates us. Iowa hates us. Well, you know what? They shouldn't put that offense out there. It's offensive. Um, they've got to come up with a, a game plan to change it up. Michigan State at Michigan, night game, 7.30. This is going to be fun. Who are you taking? I think Michigan State's wide receivers are going to really hurt this Michigan secondary. I'm not sure Michigan will be able to run the ball at will like they've been doing all season, and I'm just not that confident at all in J.J. McCarthy. So, uh, with that being said, uh, I know I called them peacocks earlier in this podcast, but I'm taking the Michigan Wolverines for at least one more week. Oh, my God, dude. Of course. I told you you're full of it. I don't agree with the second. Now, Jaden Reed, to me, is one of the better receivers out there. Guy's a stud. He's going he's gonna to catch a lot of 50-50 balls. It's like throwing it up to him is 90-10. 
Uh, Pullman's going to have a good game. I don't think the issue is necessarily the corners for Michigan. I think the issue is the linebackers. I don't know that Michigan State has the talent to exploit that at the linebacker level. The tight ends aren't strong. Um, I do think that Michigan struggles to run the football. I think J.J. has to step up and, and take steps forward. Now we'll find out if he does. But Michigan wins, and I... Gosh, I don't want to say it, but I think they might win big. But you know what? We'll find out. We'll find out. Cool, Mar. A lot of good football this week, man. A lot of good football this week. Football, and I think next week we got some more good football, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we'll we'll see a little bit. Maybe the games aren't as big next week. I think the big game of the week next week is Ohio State at Northwestern. So, you know, something to think about. You can start figuring out who's going to win that one. Um, the Stroud throw for ten touchdowns. I I don't know that Stroud gets it makes it past the first quarter. Well, yeah, does he throw for ten <laughs> touchdowns in the first quarter? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think they'll have that many turnovers, but you never know. We'll see. Um, but no, the, we got a lot of football left this year. There's a lot going on around the country too that I know we're going to want to spend some time talking about coming up. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get into that next week. But why don't we uh, wrap it up? Let's wrap this one up. Thank you, everyone, for the support. We appreciate it. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and look for us on Twitter at BTR Show Pod. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you guys next week.